is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. All right, folks, welcome back to OK Outcasts. I am actually here, here in the flesh with my friend Brittany and co-host Brittany. What's it like to do an actual face-to-face show? Hey, Chris, this is uh, definitely interesting. Good to see your face again and uh, actually be in the same room together. This is going to be an interesting one and uh, definitely glad to be up here in Oklahoma City. Well, welcome to Chateau Masterman. We are glad to have you. And uh, I even cleaned out the toilet for you because it was dirty. Oh, how sweet. (laughs) Absolutely. So, in prediction of you coming over, uh, I preemptively made some predictions about tidying up. This is an awkward transition, but I'm going to power through it. (laughs) You made some predictions about what was going to happen at the U.S. Senate and Congressional level. Seems like you uh, handicapped that really well. Yeah. um, I, you know, back at the end of the last podcast, we made our predictions. I predicted the Democrats would hold the Senate, but that the Republicans would take the House, but just barely. And uh, as of the last projections I was seeing, it was... 219 Republican, 216 Democrat. So that's pretty right on the money of the Republicans just barely getting the margin in the House. And in the Senate, it's currently 50-50 with the runoff in Georgia to come. Or 50-49, Democrats hold the majority uh, with the runoff to come. Even if Warnock loses to Herschel Walker in the runoff, It is a 50-50 Senate where Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker. Um, But, you know, I guess it it would still be ideal to not have the Senate coming down to a vice presidential tiebreak all the time. It would, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to understand is the vice president is a tie-breaking vote, but uh, you still have to have a power-sharing agreement with a 50-50 split and one vote equals control of the committees no power sharing so that's why that election is still very vital would you agree definitely i think um i think the democrats will hold the advantage here um i think that herschel walker has been done no favors by Uh, disgraced former president, twice impeached Trump, um, announcing last night his candidacy for the presidency again. So he's definitely making himself a, uh, a part of this race, whether, you know, whether that's good for Republicans in the long run or not. And, uh, it, it seemed at least at the national level, You know, outside of the red states and the purple and blue states, Trumpism was a real drag on candidates. Every 
every governor candidate and every secretary of state candidate that Trump endorsed and went out to back on the campaign trail ended up losing, even in a state like Arizona that just a few years ago, Republican won the governor's race by 18 points. And this time around, the Democrats took the governorship and hold both Senate seats there now. So, By a very narrow margin, but yes. Um, I, and what, what I think is interesting is, you know, uh, Glasser, Nikki, is that right? Was the opponent in the Arizona race or is that Nevada? Arizona was Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Who was the Vaseline news girl? Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking Glasser. She, she's, uh, she's, interestingly, of all the Trumpy MAGA candidates, she's the only one kind of trying to contest the results of the election, which it was the closest margin, and it did take a week for the counting to to get to a point where it could be confirmed that she had lost. Um uh, a funny moment on Twitter this week was after all the news agencies called the race for Democrat Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake took to Twitter to say, Arizonans can smell BS when they see it. And uh, Twitter took to responding to that with, exactly, and that's why you're not the governor. <laughs> yeah, she... Uh, um. She was well produced. I'll give her that. She uh, she definitely put on a show. It was yeah. clearly not a show the majority of Arizona voters wanted to see for another four years, but uh, it's a show. <laughs> Sometimes things can be overproduced. Yeah, it's like uh, you know people that are like, "I'm going to do 14 male pieces." Like, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. I uh, I make my money on mail. I make more money when I do more mail. But more than seven pieces, especially if you're a local candidate, eight pieces, nine pieces if you want to get real fancy. But if you're going for 14, that's stupid. Right. Your first campaign manager <laughs> said he wanted to be, it was some crazy number, like 400 mail pieces. No, I think it was like 50 or something. It, yeah. It um, was basically like once a week for a year was his thinking or something. Um, well, if you could raise as much money, you should have just run for Congress instead of... Yeah, if you can afford a 50-piece mail program, <laughs> you, you shouldn't be running for local office. No. <laughs> and you were a really good fundraiser, but you weren't that good. No. No. I... I hated fundraising. It's the worst part of politics. Absolutely. Um, David Walters was really good at it. Kay Floyd was really good at it. Kind of helps when you're a judge and uh, you're calling lawyers. Well, Kay Floyd's also like campaign robot. And when she's in like campaign mode, it is all business all the time. All voters deserve to exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, U.S. House. Obviously, the Republicans are 99.9% sure are going to actually take it. Uh, but they've got to reelect a speaker. And do you think the current minority leader uh, will 
take the speakership? It's going to be interesting. I've already seen um, the moderate Republican from Nebraska, uh, Representative Bacon, great name. Um, He indicated this week that if the Republicans couldn't come together to elect a moderate speaker, that he would be willing to work with Democrats to elect a moderate speaker. So that narrow mar- that narrow yeah, that I, narrow I margin that. they have is very tenuous because you know they've got Kevin McCarthy now has to try to please everybody from moderate bacon who's willing to work with the Dems to crazy QAnon Marjorie Taylor Green. And he's got to find a way to thread that needle and make them all happy. That is a tough, tough job. Oh, yeah, because there is no way to, like, bring moderates and far right together on, like, they've wasted guns. That's out the window. Look, we're not going to get anywhere on abortion. I think we both know that. Yeah. So, you know, the Democrats' infrastructure... Stuff like that is where they got to go, which you can get Republicans to agree to because it's money. Yeah. And then you don't need the filibuster to be on the table in the Senate if you everything you do is money-related. Well, yeah. and, and that Representative Bacon from Nebraska even mentioned he doesn't, he doesn't want gridlock for the next two years, which if the QAnon caucus is controlling it, then... It is going to be gridlock because they're just going to want committees investigating Hunter Biden and they're going to say no to any kind of debt ceiling raise and they would totally be willing to tank our economy just for politics. And with a mo- with the moderates like Bacon saying, I don't want to be that guy, like we've still got to get stuff done. Um, it's it's going to be real interesting to watch what happens in the House. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I think you know the the Senate. That's that's going to be fun to watch and see what happens because Democrats win either way, and I, I do think I am a moderate Republican. Um, uh, like any red-blooded American, I do not like taxes. The whole process is difficult, annoying. And I just pay a very smart woman, who you actually know and we're both friends with, to do it. Because yeah. she's a professional. By the way, if you're going to start an LLC, hire a bookkeeper or accountant or somebody that knows taxes. Yes, because, ta- hey, I get it. Tax law is complicated. It's, uh, it's a pain in the ass when you're trying to start a business in particular. It's... There's a lot to know about and pay attention to, and and no, you know, I get that. Um, but you know, something that moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats can agree on is like they're a necessary evil, and yes, you know, it's we- a, it comes down to prioritizing and determining what we should actually be spending on and how much, and you know, we can have vigorous debate about that, but. And we're, and we're going to talk about this in our bonus episode, so a little preview. Um, 
we're going to set up a Nebula account today. And, or actually, the account's set up. We're just hooking it up to the bank today. Um, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a patron program. Patron. Through, through, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It'll I, be a patron program through uh, Podbean. I've already. Nebula, I've so already. That's fine. <laughs> um, sometimes they do joint stuff together, so. Uh, you can see why we confuse them because Legal Eagle actually uses both, and if you get one, you get the other free. Legal Eagle, if you're interested, please plug our podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, on our bonus episode, I'm going to talk about how I had a very minor accident that ended up okay, and whether to call 911 or not. And this is our rural versus urban episode. That's going to be our bonus episode. So you kind of get a preview of our paid content, right? Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Well, I think we've beat the horse of national politics to death. Um, If you want to move on, you want to talk local? I, I do. I will come clean that while my national predictions were pretty spot on, um, my bias to wanting to see the best in Oklahoma and seeing the best in the people of Oklahoma clouded my vision, and uh, I was way off on uh, the Oklahoma results. Uh, yeah, well, why don't you tell us more about how the Oklahoma statewide results went? Yard signs, while important, do not vote. <laughs> Kevin Stitt uh, made an extremely bold choice of just, like, earned media. And then, of course, he did, you know, I I saw him on YouTube all the time. Uh, And, well, Joy as well. But he didn't spend an inordinate amount of money for a gubernatorial race. But 40% of people flipped the leather lever we don't know if they flipped republican or democrat but i can tell you as a voter uh, voter that as a uh, republican that's moderate the only statewide i voted for i either undervoted a couple of them um or i uh voted democrat I, I do not believe, I think it's lazy to go through and just, and then you don't even flip the paper and run the, the, the judges the through. Straight party voting, yeah. Straight party voting. Sorry, I say yeah. flipping the lever, lever, flipping the switch. So, uh, yeah, if, if you don't uh, go through and like, no, I voted for Leslie Osborne. I'm glad she won. That's the bright spot. Yeah, in hey, these there, elections. There's, there are some bright spots. Um, you know, Leslie Osborne, definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a, a good moderate Republican who I think is a, is a good labor commissioner, and I was glad to see her victorious. Another one that, you know, kind of flew under the radar is that AG's race because it was really big, more of a big primary race. But Gintner Drummond is not a hand-picked stit crony. Um, He's the opposite of he one. He is absolutely going to be watching the stit administration like a hawk. Mm-hmm. And I think Oklahomans can, can rest assured that 
if Gintner Drummond feels he can make some case against any of these stit cronies, he will be more than happy to go after the corruption. So, does having an AG and a DA that can both agree to doing things at 2300 North Lincoln matter? Absolutely it does, and that's the other bright spot is in Oklahoma County. First woman elected DA of Oklahoma County, Vicki Behenna. Um, you and I personally both have some various misgivings about <clears throat> her. <laughs> we, we didn't necessarily love her. It's why you didn't hear us talk a lot about her or make any full-throated endorsements. But um, she definitely was the better option to Kevin Calvey. And she is definitely not part of the good old boy network. As a former federal prosecutor, I think she's the kind of person who will definitely be willing to go after corruption at the Capitol. And hey, guess where the Capitol's located? Right in the middle of North Oklahoma Lincoln. County. Eight miles from here. <laughs> but we are uh, not urban. <laughs> that's also going to be in our bonus episode <laughs> well you're 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 somewhat urban you're urban by oklahoma standards <laughs> you know i just realized during this episode this is the first one i naturally haven't tried to cuss or had to prevent myself from cussing and i think it's because we can wave our hands about <laughs> yeah <woo. laughs> y'all can see it but we can <laughs> yes which makes this a little bit more dynamic so um you know i i think it's important when you're looking at voting and i will admit that uh i don't like vicky because she's not likable and the final part of my brain that was like clicked was like, you know who else wasn't likable but would have been a better president? Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not likable, but good at her job, you know. I, I, I feel a little bit similarly to Vicky. And, and, you know, my issue with Vicky goes down to what she was willing to do to get a pardon for her son. And, you know, she was even willing to let Trump take a victory lap on that pardon and, uh, you know, use it for political gain. Um, I, I get it. Your kid, you love him. You will do anything for him. But it, it does lead me to wonder, like, if somebody really, really close to her, a friend or family member, is, you know, a foul of the law, will she put the blinders on uh, like she did for her son? Um, I don't know. I, it, it bothers me, but it bothers me less than Calvi, who was openly saying, I'm going to drop charges against police officers who have been charged for wrongdoing. And I'm going to basically give the police carte blanche to shoot anybody they want. You know, I meant to ask my wife if it was carte blanche or carte blanche. <laughs> Listeners, please respond, because I am still not sure, and I am not fluent in 
French. So uh, nor am I, and I I'm sticking with carte blanche because that's how I've always said it. But well, you didn't even know what hey. mise en place was. So yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, we're actually having a lot of fun today, folks. Um, like uh, being in the same place is is really fun. Um, you know, so, while, while we're talking statewide. You know, I want to point out that I think the biggest reason that candidates like Joy have trouble getting across the finish line statewide is that Oklahoma campaigns and candidates have done a very, very poor job motivating voter turnout. Um, I'm looking at OklahomaWatch.org right now, and it said for 2022... Just over 50% of registered voters cast a ballot, down from 56% turnout in the 2018 midterm, which 56 is still low, y'all. Like, in Minnesota, even in a midterm, you know, if the governor's on the ballot, you got at least 79, 80% turnout for well, a governor's I, race. I, I, I think this kind of brings up a question of, like, okay... Um, when I go to the polls, God bless them, they, the, the poll workers are, for the most part, seniors, yeah. like very advanced seniors. Like 80 plus. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have a concept that maybe poll re- workers should be paid. We hire kids to do it. The census does it. Right. And... You know, just bring in some people, and um, that way they have to be professionally trained, make them take a test and pass it. But I've met poll workers that don't know very, very basic things. Um, When we changed the ID law, uh, I tested my poll workers, which is mean, but necessary. (laughs) And so one time... Chris, the poll auditor. <laughs> you can't actually become a poll watcher if you want to. Um, I've done it before. Good, good gig. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I brought my passport. Now I had my Oklahoma identification, in case they didn't know. I showed them the passport, and they were like, "I don't know if this is acceptable." Now I've read the law. It is absolutely Passport acceptable. Is definitely acceptable. <laughs> and so I just started trying other forms of ID at different elections to see, and then they just started knowing who I was. So the jig was up. Right. Um, but yeah, I used my my one time they let me vote with my Sam's Club ID. <laughs> <laughs> That is not acceptable under Oklahoma law. <laughs> no. And I actually told them. I was like, you can't accept this. And I put it back in my wallet and was like, here's my ID. <laughs> and they were like, oh. Whoops. Uh, whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie daisy indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I think that seniors... You know, gives them something to do, a little purpose, which is good when you get For old. For sure. But 
have some younger people there that are. But how does that help turnout, though? Uh, like because you don't have these lines. People can count on things more. You you have people in I don't know a polo, um, or if you're Fetterman a hoodie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I I think one of Joy's problems in this election was they did a really good job branding Kevin Stitt as corrupt. But the problem is, is Oklahoma voters already just believe all politicians are corrupt. Yeah. So you... they didn't really close the loop and saying, you know, I'm going to clean up corruption and, like, I'm going to be against that. They, they did a good job negatively tying him to the word. I think the last polling I saw showed like 50 some percent did agree he's corrupt but they're like but he's our corrupt guy (laughs) that's very interesting okay so you remember back in 2010 uh, I went to what was then to become QAnon I saw it in its very first birthplace at that Italian restaurant yeah 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 so I went in and I tricked a candidate with a uh, question um, while recording. And so I got to know these people. And while I was amongst them, um, this one guy was saying, uh, we, we've got to get the state legislature fully under control so that we can actually control how the districts are drawn out. That's the key. And that tells you right there. That, that's 2010. That's 12 years ago. That tells you that, yeah, we know it's all fucking rigged. Eh, swore for the first time. <laughs> we just want to be the ones rigging it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like, yeah, okay, he's corrupt, but what do you propose to do about it? Okay, and, so... And so... I was talking with one of my best friend's dads recently, and he went on vacation on Election Day. Actually, I spent part of that time there with him. I had voted early in Minnesota, but we were at Padre Island together. Well, he didn't bother even voting before he left for his Padre Island trip. And, like, and you know, when he got back and we were talking, he's like, who ended up winning? I was like, well, Stitt won pretty handily, and he was like, Oh, that's too bad. And, like, I was like, well, did you vote before you left? No. Like, well, you know, that's kind of part of the problem is, like, you know, corrupt Stitt got reelected because people couldn't be bothered to go vote against him. And he's like, yeah, well, aren't all politicians corrupt? And that's when the light bulb went off for me of, like, okay, we got the messaging that he's corrupt, but, like, we didn't tell people, and therefore you need to vote for Joy because she's not corrupt. <laughs> so daylight, right? Daylight. Daylight exposes things. Transparency. I think Joy should have been, I'm going to uncover a whole bunch of all of this BS that's going on. Yes. And, um, you know, I... Uh, her negative ads were actually very excellent. Yeah, I, again, um, did great <laughs> at labeling him corrupt. Everybody was on but, board. But you need the you needed the counter message of 
I'm going to shine some daylight on yeah. whatever the is happening in Oklahoma because we have seen scandal after scandal. If there's anybody that's benefited from it, it's uh, four, five, and nine, and six in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, and Oklahoma and, Watch, and you know, Nondoc has done pretty well in this time. And Nondoc has really surpassed the Lost Ogle. You th- you think so? Oh, definitely. I mean. Nondoc's just a better hard news source. Lost yeah. Ogle still has the market on satire, but even their satire is a little tr- overtreaded sometimes. Yeah, it's a little stale. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, but even the onion isn't really as good as it used to be. No, I mean, at some point it just gets old. Um, well, so. I mean, first of all, the onion faced like uh, a, a crisis in how do we get more sarcastic than what's happening? How do you make fun of Trump? As <laughs> soon as you make a story about it, it actually is just on MSNBC. Right. <laughs> like, oh, he just actually said that. Okay, so... Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to satirize somebody who speaks in satire. <laughs> okay, we, we've got this idea, we've got this article. Ah, uh, there's breaking news right now. Shit. <laughs> um, okay, so... And, you know, while we're talking Oklahoma, you and I have both talked to some of our folks who were running some of these campaigns. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm hearing is that there weren't really very good field operations. And for our listeners, field means you're paying people or organizing people to get out and knock on doors. There weren't very good field operations but as keith gaddy said polling he basically uh, i'm paraphrasing here said he was getting out of polling and got out of it years ago and the reason is polling's no good anymore no um you can't rely on it for messaging you can't rely on it for predictions on what's going to happen and as somebody who makes some money as a pollster I mean, I'm not, I won't call myself a pollster. I can do a decent poll. But uh, you uh, you don't have any knowledge of what's going on. Everything that you get is, uh, you're going to have instinct in the field. And that points to your thing. That's how you get numbers is having people knocking doors, asking questions. I am so mean to my canvassers, not because I yell at them or anything, because I take up their time. <laughs> when they come to your door? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then if you get my wife and I out there together, all right. Well, and it's it takes deep canvassing, which is a whole really more long-form version of door knocking to truly move people and get them off of old positions oh yeah so in a place like oklahoma where it's just we're republicans we're a republican state i vote straight republican to get people to consider even voting for a democrat 
you have to do deep canvassing with them and get them to truly come around and see oh joy isn't even a real democrat she's a moderate and like i can feel comfortable and safe with her i think you know i thought maybe she built enough of those connections running for state superintendent but it turns out she was mainly just winning because you know everybody votes straight republican <laughs> and like maybe she didn't have quite as good a relationship with the voters as i anticipated well you know deep deep canvassing started with the democrats but it's moved on to the republicans yeah um cindy munson's opponent uh came to my door and she was fully prepared to sit and talk with me for it must have been at least 20 minutes and answer questions about education uh, and you know here's what I will say about her deep canvas she was honest and I respected it now I still voted for Cindy but um, she basically said yeah I'm for charter schools I'm for vouchers uh, and you know, said what she felt. I, I think that's rare, and I think that's what Oklahomans are actually looking for, is just saying the hard truths. Yeah. Um, um, well, and, you know, this is something we've talked about on previous episodes, is I think one of the appeals that John Fetterman had in Pennsylvania was just looking and acting like a typical man in Pennsylvania. You know, he wasn't... So we're, we're, he, was we're, wearing, we're, he was wearing his hoodie and shorts and jeans. And, we're, and we are both wearing hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looked like a normal guy. And that's what people are looking for. They're tired of political speak and double speak. And, you know, just tell me how you stand and how you feel about things. And, you know, even... One of our, well, at least my friend Kiesel, I don't know where you and Ryan Kiesel are on the friendship scale right now, but when he was a state legislator representing a rural district out in Seminole, you know, he had people vote for him that told him to his face, we disagree with you on abortion, but we appreciate that you're honest about where you stand on it and that you've taken the time to explain. And like... You do have to just be honest. Like if you, it's true. If you're trying to be coy and use mealy mouthed, you know, non-answer answers, people see that and they just read you as duplicitous, and you're not chicanerous, unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Ryan, if for some reason you are one of our listeners, which I very much doubt, but if you are. I am going to vote for 820. <laughs> um, so. uh, sorry that we had to fight in the Oklahoma Supreme Court for a while. That wasn't fun. No. Um, uh, and I get to say that, right, Brittany? Because it's done. All it's the, done. It's, it's going mean, to the ballot in March. <laughs> and hey, you know, one of, the, one of the brilliant things Stitt pulled off was holding up 820 and making sure it wasn't on the ballot with him because it definitely would have driven up turnout and you know that would have made it a little less predictable of a race <laughs> um and then 
immediately announcing a special, a statewide special. I am trying to find the last statewide special that's not on a November ballot or a primary ballot. Right. Um, yeah, the, he he really he masterfully played that. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to like him, but you know. Hey. Game, game, respect, game, right? <laughs> Don't hate the player. <laughs> okay, two white people on a podcast saying things from uh, hey, lyrics. We, we both from, listen to hip-hop. It's cool. <laughs> I I do. Do you consider Beastie Boys hip-hop? Definitely. Definitely. Right. They, were, they were one of the early hip-hop rock crossovers that really changed music forever so beastie boys high in the high in the pantheon for me i saw him live in dallas once Ooh, that's awesome yeah it was a great show i'm jealous now because i'll never get to see them that sucks may you rest in peace um so i think we're uh we're gonna go into our bonus episode here in a second after we take a break um I'm glad we covered the Fetterman thing there at the end. Uh, so, what do you think we should do for lunch? <laughs> well, I'm happy to be back in Southern Food, Oklahoma City, where I can get some chicken fried steak that you really just have cannot find up north. So, I'm hoping maybe some Del Rancho or something like that. That would be awesome. There's also Iron Star, but Ooh, they have yeah. the fancier stuff. Um, yeah. Welcome I, back to the city, Brittany. I, I'm, I'm back. Hey, Oklahoma City is underrated for its food scene. I well, let's see. You have three promotional, let's see, Oklahoma City Thunder hoodie, or a hat. Oklahoma City Thunder hoodie. Oklahoma City Thunder shirt. Jersey, actually. Yeah. So, um Darius Baisley, no less, one of the young guys on the on the rebuild team. You're like uh, somebody that goes to the concert with the T-shirt with the band on the name. I I am very excited because uh, this coming Monday I am getting to go to a Thunder game for the first time in a while, and I'm hearing I may be sitting near courtside, so. This could be a really, really great experience. I believe uh, I believe uh, the person who's taken me and a friend is actually one of our listeners. So That's um, awesome. Hey, Crystal. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you prefer uh, courtside or near courtside um, or box? I mean, when I go, I generally sit like upper deck, but I like to be somewhere kind of in the middle. So you get a good view of, you know, the whole court and can kind of see everything going on. But I will say when I was like 14, I got to sit courtside at a Mavericks Rockets game. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was too young to know how lucky I was to be there. And I like I look back on the experience fondly, but I totally didn't fully take in how awesome of an experience that was. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting to do that now as an adult where I can truly understand the privilege of of being down there and seeing those seven footers like right there at eye level and seeing just how big and fast these guys really are. I have to say, 
I'm a box man. I was a bartender at the Thunder <laughs> Stadium during the boxes. And by the way, I think the really interesting thing about the NBA that they've done that other sports have not is at the uh, end of the third quarter, when they go back into the fourth quarter, no more bar service. I like this for two reasons. One, we could get all of our stuff together and take it back to the cage. And two, people didn't get so wasted that, like, at the end, because the cops would come by and just, like, like, no. Like, shutting you down. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's a great side feature to the NBA of just... I, if I if I still drank, I'd probably say box because like you're not gonna get better fun service than in a box. I got to do the box experience at a playoff game back in 2014, I think, mm-hmm. um, and I was drinking then. That was awesome, um, but now nowadays that I don't drink, um, I think the courtside is gonna be particularly cool. So. Well, uh, that's awesome. I just like, uh, as they say in Always Sunny, like, uh, fanciness and baseball food. (laughs) (laughs) Can't go wrong. uh, Can't uh, go wrong. Yeah. Well, let's uh, wrap this one up, take a brief break. I know I have to uh, use the facilities, and you might as well. So... We'll be back soon. We'll be back. All right, y'all. Have a good one. That's the end of this episode. And uh, if you're interested in bonus content, um, we will be putting out on all our social media feeds how to become a patron and sign up for for get, you know a little small monthly amount so that you can access our bonus content. And uh, we look forward to talking to y'all again soon. Also, the first two subscribers to our Patreon will receive a sticker that you will find unique and hilarious. Yes. So first two who sign up, it's going to be a big deal. Get in there early. You'll get a secret awesome sticker. Secret awesome sticker. All right, y'all. Have a good one. We'll be back. Later. Bye.